It's worth prefacing before we begin this mimer, just a little anecdote to appreciate what the Rebbe Rashab is doing in this mimer, and it's a personal anecdote. One time I was learning in one of the Litvish yeshivas that I learned in, and one of the Rosh Hashivas there overheard that we were learning chesidus and talking about upper worlds and stuff like that. And he came over and he said, in the name of Rabbi Yerucham Levovitz, the famed mashgiach from the Mir, who of course is one of the most famous Bali Musar of all time, and Musar of course is all about refining the, the human self and coming to as much as a human being is able to do, and Musar very much looks introspection, etc., and when Rabbi Rucham Levavitz would hear Hasidim talking about upper worlds and things like that, Rabbi Rucham used to say, Vos in himmel mit the malachim. Why are you scratching around the heavens with the angels? Why are you meandering up in the heavens? There's enough work to do here on earth. What do you need to speak about angels and things like that? And I right away responded to the Rosh Hashiva every single day in davening and Shachris. In Birchas Kriya Shema, the blessings on the Shema that Chazal instituted to say before the Shema, we speak about the angels. Every single day as part of Shachris, we say, We speak about the different angels, the Srofim, the Ifanim. And so we see that Chazal felt it was important to Kricher up in the Himmel, that we should go up and scratch as much as we can with the angels. And the question, of course, is why? And that's the main theme that the Rebbe Rashab speaks about in this Mimer in the Hemshech Samavov. Let's learn the Mimer inside. A man from the house of Levi went, and he married the daughter of Levi. We have to understand why does it say Vayelech Ish, that a man went to marry. Seemingly, it should just say, Vayikach ish, that when you marry someone, the word is kicha. He took, he married the daughter of Levi. What's this Vayelech ish, that he went, or that he walked? And second of all, the Zohar and Parshas Pinchas explains this Pesach as follows. And this is the quote from the Zohar, quote, when she makes herself smaller with a song, then upon that it's written, Vayelech ish mebeis levi. And then the Koyen Godol wakes her up, unifies with her, and hugs her. So we have to understand what does that mean that she makes herself smaller with a song. And then the Kohen Gadol wakes her up, etc. And also, what are these three different Lashonis, these three different words that he, number one, wakes her up, number two, unifies with her, and number three, hugs her. In order to understand all of this, we have to preface where we left off in the previous Mime, in which we learn that in order for there to be the revelation of the Ahavarabha, the great love, the fiery love from the menorah to descend upon a person, that's only after one first does their own they work on their own with their heart and mind because only by meditating on one's own can one rectify the animal soul, which we began learning is the union of the Aved of Korbanus by Davening, corresponds to Korbanus, Tfilas B'mokum Korbanus, that just like a carbon was when they would bring an animal on the altar, so too our Davening 
is our bringing our animal soul as a sacrifice to Hashem. And we learn that just like in the Beis HaMikdash, even though Eish HaYoyered Melamayla, there was a special supernal divine fire that would descend from above, Mitzvah lahavi menehed the Kohanim would still have to bring regular earthly mundane fire, meaning that the animal was eaten on the altar by the fire from above that descended from heaven, but also by a regular mundane earthly fire that the Kohanim would bring up onto the altar that they would bring a fire, the Eishalamata. And so we learned in the previous Mimer that the Eishalamata, the mundane fire that we bring, is Psuke de Zimra, is all the praises that we praise God as His light is manifesting and bringing into existence the world, meaning the divine light that's within the world, Mamale Kol Almin. And then through meditating on that, by Kriya Shema, we then could meditate on Orin Sof, the infinite light of God that transcends worlds, but which is Mamish right here where we are, meaning it only transcends by way of feeling. We don't feel it, but of course God's Orin Sof is right here, and in Shema Yisrael we're able to then meditate on that. That's the fire that comes from above, that even though only the divine soul really recognizes and has that excitement, but that burns up the animal soul as well. That's what we learned in the previous Mimer. But we also mentioned already in the end of the previous Mimer that even though the Eishalamayla, that the divine fire from above, is the Hizbononus, is the meditation on Enoid Malvade and Arin Sof and God's infinite essence, but even so we learn that there's also an Eishalamayla that shaykh to the Nefesh Bahamis Befrat, meaning that it's not enough for the animal soul even the animal soul specifically, just to have the mundane earthly fire of Psuke de Zimra, of meditating on, about the godliness in the worlds, there also has to be a supernal upper fire that the Nefesh HaBahamis, that the animal soul itself could comprehend. What is this Eishalamayla, this supernal fire that the animal soul could comprehend? It is the Hizboinunus, the meditation in the Bittal of the angels. Hagufa, that's exactly why we meditate right before Kriyashma, with again Shema Yisrael being the ultimate supernal fire of Orin Sof, but before we get there, in the Birchus Kriyashma, we meditate on the Bittal, on the nullification of the angels, how they become completely ecstatically burned up in the, in the fire of the bittel of the light of God that's flowing upon them. That's why the angels, what, what it means that the angels are singing to God, they're becoming burned up with their love of God. And through meditating on what the, the angels, that brings the light of Ahava, of love, also onto the animal soul as well that the animal soul should also become a little more distant from the physical pleasures that it's become so sunken into, and that the animal soul also should be drawn after the light of Hashem. And that's why the Anshek Sagdela established in the two blessings before the Shema. And to speak about the angels, how they say Kaddish, because indeed one could ask the question, don't we know that God is transcendent? Why do we have to quote the angels? 
that the angels say, Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. We know that God is Kaddish, that God is transcendent. Why are we quoting it in the name of the angels? And it's even more of a strange thing that not only are we quoting the angels to know that God is holy, but we also speak about how excited the angels get and the different emotional experiences of the angels. How they speak about God with yira, with tremendous fear, and we speak about how excited they get. Why do we need to know about the excitement of the angels? Of course, we know that our neshamas, the souls of Jews, are higher than angels. So why should our neshamas have to take this inspiration from the angels and meditate how excited they get? And the answer is, that it is for the animal soul, the nefesh Bahamas, Because indeed, the nefesh Bahamas comes from those angels, the Chayos Shebemerkava, the holy Chayos HaKadosh, the angels that are on the divine chariot. Meaning we know that there's the idea of Heshtal Shulas the downchaining of worlds, that after Tzimtzum, after God brings His light into the Chalal, after Tzimtzum, and all the worlds descend from the highest worlds all the way to this world, the reason that it's called the Heshtal like a Shalshelis, like a chain, is just like each link of the chain is connected to the one above and the one after, each world as the light successively, the divine light successively goes from one world to the other, Every created being in each world, then in a lower world, manifests as a lower created being, but they parallel each other. And so our animal souls, our nefesh Bahamas, actually descend from the angels that are on the divine chariot. And therefore, since that's where the root of our animal soul is, that's why it's the Aish that's Shaykh to Nefshabamas, that's why it is a fire that Mamash has a connection to the animal soul. And therefore, by meditating on the praises and the excitement of and the love of the angels, that itself allows the light of love of Hashem to also shine on the animal soul, that it too should be excited with love of Hashem. And therefore, by also understanding not just that the angels get excited, but by also understanding from what they're getting so excited, from what they're having such avanira, by having an understanding of what the angels themselves are meditating on, since our nefesh Bahamas comes from the angels, therefore by having a hisbeinunus and understanding what it is the angels are so excited about, that itself is the fire that'll shine upon our animal souls as well. And therefore, for the first half of this Maimah, the Rebbe Rashab is going to explain what is the meditation that the Malachim, that the angels are having, that brings upon them their Ava and Yira. What is that meditation? That the angels have an awareness. Not just are they able, do they feel that their whole being is just a faint glimmer, an emanation from the lowest level of, of Atzilus of Malchus, that, that the angels feel that they're just a little, little ray of God's light. But not only do they feel that, but they're also able to feel and see and have a consciousness of how the light, that's their vitality, is within the source of Hashem, within Hashem, before it's coming down to them. Meaning that the angels are able to have an appreciation, not just what their vitality is that they're able to feel, but they could feel how it's coming and how, how incomparable it is to Hashem. 
And by having that perception of their utter insignificance to God, that's what causes them to have their ecstatic response. And so the Ayinian, who now the Rebbe Rashab is going to explain what it is the angels are meditating, what it is that they see, so that we could also bring that divine fire for our animal soul. And the way the Rebbe Rashab begins explaining this, this meditation of the angels, is to compare the way God creates the worlds, in other words, the worlds vis-a-vis God, is like the a ray of a sun coming from the sun as opposed to a vessel that a person makes. In other words, sort of picture in your mind, if you could like a Zoom conference call, make two screens in your mind, a ray coming from the sun, the way the ray comes out from the sun, and the way a person makes a vessel. So the ray is shining from the sun, and a vessel is being made by a person. But what's the difference between these two ways that something is coming from its source? So the Rebbe Rashab says that there are two differences. If you're able to picture in your mind these two pictures, you'll see, says the Rebbe Rashab, that there are two main differences. Number one, when it comes to the vessel, the materials from which the vessel was made existed before the person made the vessel. He just changed the form that the materials had. He took pre-existing raw material and made a kli, made a vessel out of it. And therefore, after he finishes making the vessel, the vessel no longer needs the person making it. The vessel has become now a separate entity from the person that made the vessel. As opposed to, of course, the sun. That before the ray left the sun, there was no ray. It was just the actual Kadur, the ball of the sun, the actual star of the sun itself. And when the ray comes out from the sun, it's a completely new entity. And the ray, therefore, never becomes separated from the sun. It's always bedvekus, it's always connected to the sun, which is why when the sun sets, all the rays, all the light in the world, it becomes dark. And this difference brings about another difference between the vessel and the sun. Since the person making the vessel makes the vessels outside of himself, whatever benefit, whatever advantage this vessel has, the person didn't have within him before he made it. He's making a new vessel, and that's what's making that now he could use this vessel for some kind of advantage. So there's a shlemus, a perfection, an advantage that the vessel has that the person didn't have within him. As opposed to the sun, that within the actual sun, before the ray emanated, shined out of the sun, the ray was already in the sun. If the ray is able to shine far, so far out of the sun, of course it already existed within the sun. And so the sun gains nothing, so to speak, from the ray. The ray has no advantage over the sun itself. The opposite, whatever the ray of the sun has, whatever advantages it has, in the actual ma'or, in the luminary of the sun itself, it's much more over there. So the sun gains absolutely nothing from the ray. The Hanimshal and from this we could understand how it is by Hashem, if you picture now in your mind the world, vis-a-vis God, 
Ki mimcha hakol, everything is right now, just like the ray of the sun, the world is right now emanating out of Hashem, yesh ma'ayin, something from nothing. And therefore, just like the sun number one, the world always has to be, every single moment has to be emanated by God. And number two, whatever advantage there is in the world already existed within Hashem. There's no perfection or shlemus, there's nothing that the world adds to Hashem. And the opposite, the way the worlds are, before they emanated out of God, they were part of Mamash Hashem's infinity. And that's the meaning of what it says in Tehillim, Ki imcha mekor chayim, with you is the source of life. That the source of life that encloses itself in all created things to create them and vitalize them in every moment, imcha, are with you, Hashem, in the actual body of the luminary within Hashem Himself. And therefore, just like the ray of the sun, not only is the world always necessary to be being emanated into existence every single moment, and number two, the world adds nothing to the source to Ein Sof, because anything that exists or ever will or ever has or ever will exist already existed within Atmos within Hashem's being, which is the secret of the Esosphere Agnusis, the fact that whatever emanates from God were, orig- were originally within Hashem ki imchem But now the Rebbe Shab asked a question, so if that's the case, then why do we say that creation is yesh me'ayin ex nihilo, something from nothing? If the way the world is emanating out of God is like the ray from the sun, so just like we're saying that the ray existed within the sun, the world existed within Hashem, so in the worlds, when God creates the world, seemingly He's just emanating the worlds out of Him, and it's not new, it's not something new, it's not yesh me'ayin. What's the ischatshus? What's new about the world that we say that it's ex nihilo, that it's something from nothing? So therefore we understand that we need to now distinguish between the ray from the sun and the world coming from Hashem. Meaning that, that we compared creation, the world coming from God, like the ray coming from the sun, that's to say that the bittle, the nullification, the, the interdependence of the world on God is like the ray coming from the sun as opposed to the vessel coming from the person. When the vessel comes from a person, there were pre-existent materials, the metal or the wood or the dirt, the dust that from which the vessel was made. All these things existed before. And therefore, once the vessel is made, you don't need the person anymore. The vessel exists by itself. So in that way, the world coming from God is very much like the ray coming from the sun because the world always needs to be being brought into existence, being emanated by Hashem every moment like the ray has to always be shining out from the sun. However, that's not to say that they're exactly the same thing because if you think about it for a moment, of course, obviously one cannot compare creation to God, mamash like the ray from the sun because what is the ray vis-a-vis the sun? The ray is just a revelation of what the sun is. Me'ein mahus Hashemesh mamish. The ray is exactly what, what are rays of the sun? The shining of the sun. 
So there's a comparison. It's not like you could say that the ray, I mean, quantitatively, there's a huge difference between one ray and the, and the sun itself. But there's not a lot more to the sun than what's in the ray. And as the ziv, as the ray was in the sun, it already existed as part of the sun, so it's yesh miyesh. When the ray comes out of the sun, it's something from something. As opposed to the world coming from God, that there's absolutely no comparison between all created worlds and the Creator. Hashem is infinitely more than just creator of the world. The world's emanating from God is, is, is nothing compared to what God, the Ein Sof, is at all, as opposed to the ray, which is Mamash revelation of the sun. The sun is nothing other than a shining star that makes rays and nothing else. And Lahavdil HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem is Ein Sof, and the worlds coming out from Hashem are completely incomparable, are Kaloichashiv, are completely insignificant to what Hashem is, and so in that way it's not like the ray coming from the sun. And so the only reason we're comparing the worlds vis-a-vis God, like to the ray, vis-a-vis the sun, is to explain the bittle of the worlds, the nullification of the worlds to God. But of course, it's also different than the ray of the sun. But then the Rebbe Shah points out, interestingly, that these two ways that we're saying, that it's like the ray from vis-a-vis the sun, that's how the worlds are vis-a-vis Hashem, these two ways bring out two opposite feelings. Because on one hand, we're saying, in what way is it, are the worlds vis-a-vis God like the ray vis-a-vis the sun, that, they nev- that the world never becomes something separate, that the world is always just nothing other than the divine light bringing into existence all the time, which brings about the kira v'shaychas of the Nevraim, shows you how close we are, how, how close Hashem is to creation, because every moment, every detail of the world has to be brought into existence every moment. And the second thing is that the, there's no perfection being added just to the sun by the ray coming out, and so too there's absolutely no perfection or anything being added to God by creation, as opposed to the vessel. And that shows the opposite, how we have absolutely no significance vis-a-vis Hashem. And this also, with this understanding, we could understand the meaning of the Pasuk that we say in the Shir Shalyom of Wednesday from Tehillim, The one that plants the ear, can't God hear? If he's the one that makes the ear, can't he hear? If God created the eye, can't he see? Seemingly, it's very strange. Who's a fool that would say that God can't hear or see? What does that mean? Why does the Pasuk have to negate that you shouldn't think that God could hear or see? Because one might think that since God is so infinitely transcendent from creation and creation is so utterly insignificant to God, so why would seeing or hearing be anything to God? They're they're not a thing vis-a-vis God, seemingly. But that's exactly what the Pasuk is saying, what we just learned. That even though, yes, it's true, that the MS Nachana Dover, that the Rebbeinishlam, that God, that the Creator is infinitely transcendent and above and incomparable to all the worlds, all the worlds are insignificant to God. Yet, since He created eyes and ears, any perfection that there is in the world, eyes, ears, hearing, see, hearing and seeing, Pshita obviously are also kolul, are included within Hashem in an even greater way, just like the ray of the sun was included in this, is included in the sun before it shined out of the sun, even more than when it left, when it leaves the sun. 
And so t- to summarize, the, the nullification, the bittel of the worlds vis-a-vis God is like the bittel of the ray vis-a-vis the sun in two things. Number one, that the world always has to be every moment emanated like the ray has to be emanated from the sun all the time, every moment. The ray never becomes separate. Number two, just like the ray doesn't add anything to the sun, the world adds nothing to God because the worlds were included within Ein Sof, just like the ray was within the sun. But number three, Three, there's another difference, and this, in this way the world from God is different than the ray from the sun, because at the end of the day the sun is also finite, and the ray is finite, and it's yet, they're comparable, even though the sun is quantitatively and maybe even qualitatively greater, but they're both finite beings. Masha'en Cain, all the worlds are completely insignificant vis-a-vis Hashem. And this meditation causes the angels to have ecstasy when because they're not only are the angels able to perceive that their creation is just from a faint glimmer of God and atmosarin sof, the infinite essence of Hashem's infinite light is holy and transcendent. More than that, the angels are also able to perceive how their source is an atzilus. They're able to see how the light that, that is what they are they're able to perceive as it is much greater in Hashem in their source which is why the Arizal says that Malchus Datzilus God's speech the source within Hashem that becomes the vitality of the worlds that is called by the Arizal by all sorts of names. The, the Arizal calls Malchus Datzilus the source of all the worlds within God the Arizal calls it a rock or sometimes it's called d- dust Sometimes it's called a rose or an apple. The reason being because all the different things that there are in the world were included within Hashem first and that's what the angels see and that's what gets them so excited because they feel that absolutely nothing is added by their existence and their existence is insignificant and they see how their existence when it was within Hashem it was infinitely great and this is the source of the angels' great excitement, from the angels' great love of Hashem, because they see that not only, number one, are they nothing ever, do they ever become a separate entity from God. Number two, they add nothing to Hashem by their existence. And number three, they see how God is so infinitely greater and, greater and incomparable to what they are. And when we meditate, if we have this Hizbainunus as well, the meditation of the angels, through that, the light of the love of God will also shine on the animal soul that comes from the angels. And through that, the animal soul will become disconnected from its physical desires. And the heat, the natural heat and passion that the animal soul has will be instead a fiery love for Hashem, sort of like the angels, their fiery love. And this is the Hakrava, this is bringing the animal soul as a carbon by allowing the animal soul to be included in this love of God by meditating how it is by the angels. And just like a carbon in the Beis Hamikdash when a sacrifice was brought, what were the main aspects of the animal that were brought on the altar, on the Mizbeach, the fats and the blood. 
So too, when it comes to the animal soul, the main thing to bring as a sacrifice to God is the fats, which are tanugim gashmim, physical pleasures from which fat comes from. Shemua toive tedosh and otzem. And the blood is the idea of the boiling of the blood, the gvuris, the idea of anger and stuff like that. All of these have to become included in this fire of the animal soul for Hashem, just like the angels. And so through toiling and meditating deeply in this way that the angels are becoming so excited and ecstatic in love of Hashem, that light will shine on the animal soul as well to become included in God's fire. And that is the Eishelamayla, the supernal fire that's shayach to the animal soul specifically. Then the Rebbe Shabbat's parenthetically that you know that when it came to the second Beis HaMikdash, the Gemara in Yuma says in, that by Bayez Sheni, the fire did not descend from heaven. There was just mundane fire, just the fire that the Kohanim would bring onto the Mizbeach. The Rebbe Shab says, from this we could learn that even, it might be that even after we meditate, still no supernal fire of Shalheves Ka, of the Rishpe Eish Ha'ava, no fire is descending upon us from above. But if a person brings just this mundane fire of Psuke de Zimra, as long as a person may be Eish as long as we have worldly fire, which means to at least meditate how God's greatness is within the world, that itself is enough to bring the animal soul as a sacrifice, even if one is only perceiving and Hashem's light as it's in the world, and, the, and to at least try to focus on how the angels are getting excited by all this. But eventually, with enough Aveda, and the more that one meditates on this bittle of the angels, one will then come in Kriya Shema to become included, not just in the angels on the chariot, but the Adam Sha'al Hakisei in within Hashem Himself that's sitting on the Merkava, that's sitting on the chariot, which is the meditation of Kriya Shema, how the, how the worlds and all the source of the worlds are within, or in Sof Mamish, Havaya Echod of Kriya Shema. As we learned in the previous Mimer, that that's the true Eishelamayla, the true fire from above, is the Eish Havai of the Nefshali Kis, the Eish Havai, the Eish of Yudke Vavke, of meditating in Orin Sof Mamish, that's what Kriyashma is. And through this fire and excitement, the animal soul will also become burned up with ecstasy and battle to Hashem. Then, afterwards, after davening, one has to continue to refine the animal soul. It's not enough to just meditate by davening. One has to the rest of the rest of the day also rectify the animal soul, especially when one is eating. Like the Zohar says, that when you eat bread, eat it like on the edge of a sword. That when a person eats, one has to be careful to eat only what's necessary to live and not to fulfill all their pleasures and indulge in all taivas, but rather that one eats it and through that the animal soul becomes refined. Because when one eats in such a way, that's a very deep refining and, and a 
Ois edeling of the animal soul, which is why Chazal say in the Gemara Menachis that in a bizman chain base migdash kaim shulchanu shul adam echaper love them when there's no base a migdash a person's table where they eat brings atonement that a table where you eat your food could atone just like the altar just like the mizbeach is the beer is how the animal is brought up to God so to by through one's table one is able to rectify the animal soul and bring it as a carbon tashem. And this is a tremendous yesoid in Chasidus that Rather Eber Shab is saying that Venimsa Dalia de Achila. Nase gamkena beer the nefesha Bahamas kamaybitfila that by eating in the right way one could rectify one's animal soul, which we've learned already in the last mimers, the purpose for which are we're here in this world. When you eat the right way, you could do that as much as like when you daven. And not just eating, but when one is involved in business properly, being careful in business, not to chalila have any ister, not to, God forbid, lie or cheat at all, and not to overly become obsessed with parnasa to the extent that one is unable to learn and daven properly, and especially if one, when, when you do business, that the main kavan you do it is in order to be able to give tzedakah, or to be able to learn with a peace of mind. When one does business in such a way that also rectifies and refines the animal soul. And the opposite, the truth is that by davening, one is mainly rectifying the seichel, the understanding of the animal soul. Davening is, you're rectifying the understanding of the animal soul. But if you want to rectify the emotions of the animal soul, that's dafka by eating properly, bepoil mamish, that the table rectifies for us now more than in some ways davening. That that we've been saying until now that the focus of davening is to rectify the animal soul, to refine it through meditation on the greatness of Hashem and on the bittel of the angels to the until Kriyashma when one meditates on Atmos or Insof and Hashem's infinite light mamish with a deep consciousness all in order to rectify the animal soul. That is the focus of the six days of the week. Regarding which the Pasuk says, Kili Israel Avadim, that we have to become Hashem's slaves, and becoming a slave is by the Biror, the rectification of the animal soul through this meditation, which is the main purpose of a person's futile life to do this Avad of rectifying the animal soul and purifying one's heart, but that's mainly the focus during the week. But then on Shabbos, Shabbos, the focus, is the hispilus, is the excitement of the neshama, the divine soul in and of itself, call on neshama tahalalka, that the divine soul itself becomes connected to Hashem without any connection, so to speak, with the physical flesh and the physical fleshy heart. And that's the Indian of that on Shabbos. The most important thing is the tainug, the oinug, the pleasure for getting from God that the neshama gets from Hashem, just like when it comes to pleasure of smell. Because we know about chusharech, when it comes to smell, the neshama gets enjoyment from it, but not the body. Only the soul enjoys smell. It doesn't really have a connection to the flesh of the body. And that's the Avoid of Shabbos, of the essence of the soul that's way above being enclosed in the body. And this in the Beis Hamikdash corresponds to the Ketoiris, to the incense inside the, inside the sanctuary, inside the, the, the Heichal. That we know about the Ketoiris on the 
Mizbech Apnimi, the inner altar, the Ketoris, which besides it being smell, Ketoris means, the word Ketoris is Lashon Eskashrus, is the, a binding, a connection. The binding of the soul, Mamish and Orin Sof, like Chad Ketiris Katarna, which is the innermost part of the heart coming to an inner voice, the the voice that cannot be heard, which is the the deep connection of the soul itself within Hashem. And that's why there didn't have to be a fire on the inner altar, the Mizbech HaZohov, the Ketoris, the incense altar. Because fire, even a fire of Yudke, the Shalheviska, fire means like the, like the, on the outer Mizbech, that animals, that fats, that flesh, that bodies are becoming consumed in the light of Hashem. Which is why the fire in the outer Mizbech was very noisy as opposed to the fire of the menorah. The candle of the menorah inside the heichel near the keteris, that's bechashoi, that's quiet, because the focus of Shabbos isn't the rectification of the animal soul, but rather the neshama itself, which as we learned already, doesn't need a tikkun, the neshama itself doesn't need rectification, but what the neshama does need is to become included in the body of the king. Lishtava bagufa de malka, like the inclusion of a spark in a bonfire, so does the neshama have to become included within Hashem on Shabbos. And that kind of complete inter-inclusion of the soul within God is not something that one could achieve on one's own, but rather Misha Tarach Be'er of Shabbos, Yoichel B'Shabbos, the inner meaning of what Chazal say that the ones that... our matriach burden themselves during the week, will have what to eat on Shabbos. Meaning that if a person during the six days of the week works to rectify the animal soul, then on Shabbos the schar, the reward that's given, is that from above is given the opportunity of the soul itself disconnect, not from the not connected to the body, the soul itself becoming included within Hashem Mamish. And that's why the Mizbech Apnimi, the altar of the incense, even though there's no fire, one does bring the coals, the Gecholim, the coals from the outer altar. And that's the same thing that because during the week, by rectifying the animal soul, then on Shabbos one comes to the Ketoris, the inner connection of the Neshama Mamish with Atzmosein Sof, with Hashem's infinite being. But the truth is that it's not just on Shabbos. The truth is that this is really the Avoid of Shemayna Esrei, which is Me'en, which is a taste of Shabbos. Because first one begins Pesuket de Zimra with noise, with a felt excitement that one could feel with the nigun, with the song in one's flesh through the praises of God, saying them out loud. And then through that to Kriya Shema, when the, the divine soul gets excited, but that also is felt by the animal soul, like we learn that the animal soul also gets burned up, and Libiu Besuri Yeranenu, that both my heart and my flesh sing together with the divine soul during Kriya Shema. But then, after Kriya Shema, you know, right after Kriya Shema, we say, Emes V'yatsi V'nochein, and there are 50, Fifteen vavs, v'yatzev enochin v'kayim. Fifteen vavs, bevavin teskater. That the and vav, of course, is a letter of connection. In Hebrew, vav means and. And fifteen vavs means that after kriyashma, one is then going upwards towards shmona esrei, when the neshama itself. 
the divine soul itself becomes connected and knichlal included above in Hashem in Shemayna Esrei, which is the bittel of the soul in and of itself, bittel b'metziyas, and that's why Shemayna Esrei is the secret of the kol d'mama daka, the still small voice, the inner voice that's not heard, like we said before, that's the Shemayna Esrei, the Shabbos during the week. And that's all through working on rectifying first the animal soul and Pesukah de Zimra and the Brach of Kriyashma and Kriyashma, then one comes to this Kashras of the soul itself within God in Shemayna Esrei. Vinimtsen, so that the Rebbe Rashab concludes what he began in the Mimer of Vayigash, that even though these higher levels of Avarabba, these higher levels of the menorah, of the divine fire that descends from above on Shabbos and Shemana Esrei, but they only descend upon a person that's Torah Be'erev Shabbos, that works first on their own, through their own Avaida and meditation, to rectify their animal soul. Now, of course, obviously, even that, the ability to rectify the animal soul, also one has to be given help from above. If God wouldn't help us, we would never be able to deal with our animal soul. So the help is also given for above for, for that also. And also, like it says in Tanya, in the 12th chapter, that Zman Kriyushman Tvila is a Zman Meichen Degalus is an auspicious time. There are special Eisrots and there are special times when one is able to have a much better Hizbeinunus. But all that is when, only if a person first on their own works to try to come to have Ave and Yir in their animal soul through Aveida Bekoyach Atzmai, through their own Aveida Dafka. And based of all of this, now we could understand what it means, Vayelech Ishmi Beis Levi. And the Zohar says when she makes herself smaller with a song, she referring to the divine soul, the Nefshali Kiss, making herself small, meaning being nullifying herself through Psukkah de Zimra and Kriyashma, because Kriyashma is the song of the Neshamas. In Birchus Kriyashma, we say the songs of the angels, Kaddish Kaddish, Baruch Kved Hashem. Kriyashma is the Shir HaNeshamas, is the song of the souls. And so when she, the divine soul, makes herself smaller with her bitol, then the Kayan Godol arouses her, it, meaning that draws upon her the Avarabha, the great a love from above. But that's also, but that's only if first she makes herself small, then there's this awakening from above. And that's the three different words the Zohar uses. Awaken, unify, and hugs. Yesh loimar. What those three words are, that first the awakening is the hisoyrus, like we learned in Parshas Vayigash, the, that every morning the loivena elian vayashkim loven babayker, that there's an awakening from above and the candles of the menorah as well, that's the isar, that's the, that Hashem wakes us up. But that's only an awakening, and as we learned in the Maimur Vayechi, that doesn't have a connection Bepnimius. So the Va'achid law, Vechavik law, unifies with her and hugs her is when one is able to then bring the Or Makif, the transcendent light of God, Mamish, to be able to be felt within oneself. That's what it means to be hugged. Hugged by Hashem, like we learned in the last Maimur, that when the Or Makif, the slave of Kol Alman, when the higher levels of Hashem's light through one's Avaidu, one actually has a feeling of it, then one is being hugged by Hashem and it becomes an inner light to the extent that one mamish internalizes it and that's what it means va'achid that one becomes unified with it and that's va'yelech ish mibes levi levi is the Indian of emes v'yatsif like we've learned that levi is the Indian of connection of iskashras and the 15 vavs of emes v'yatsif is the secret of levi of connecting the soul in and of itself 
higher than the soul that's included clothed within the within the body and animal soul, but rather Levi is the soul in and of itself, the neshama itself becoming included within Hashem's infinite essence. That's Levi and the Vayelech Ishmi base Levi, the Vayelech. What's the idea of Vayelech of walking? Because we know that the difference between angels and Jews is that angels are oimdim, they stand still, they can't come to a higher level. Mashain can neshamis through our Aveda. On our own, we then come to an Aliyah Bligvul, to an ascent. That's an infinite ascent, which is a Vayelech, a Mahalchim, to be able to travel to an infinitely higher le- level, which is the Avarabah, the great love that the Sends upon the soul from above after the divine soul does what it can to rectify the animal soul, then ish, there's a radical leap and ascent of the soul itself within Hashem, and that the Avarabah is brought upon the soul that it, the soul that the divine soul could become a mahalach to become included in Hashem Mamish.